What's up, you guys? Welcome to the January 5th edition of the Rotor World Fantasy Basketball Podcast. I'm Mike Gallagher. Get ready to do a little Thursday recap, talk about just some quick Wednesday stuff, a little bit stuff to get you ready for Friday, and then we're going to talk uh, Ryan's article. We're doing it this time a little bit off schedule, but we're going to go ahead and do it today. Uh, so with me to do so is Ryan Canas. What's up, man? How's it going, Mike? A uh, couple slow days, I guess you could say, in the in the NBA, but it's it's all relative. There's still plenty to talk about. Two game Thursday, man. It's like the old old school times. Yeah, yeah. You know, I don't mind it. I kind of I kind of enjoyed having a a slow night. You could really just sit and watch both games fully, and um, you know, every once in a while we we get some hectic uh, stretches of the schedule. So I don't mind a, a slow night here and there. Yeah, usually when it's slow, you feel it either the day before or the day after. And you and I worked Wednesday, and we felt that Wednesday was pretty busy. And then Friday's not too bad today. Was it eight game, eight or nine games? It's pretty good. Uh, yeah. yeah, yeah. I would have thought you're right. Usually the lulls, you you expect to get ha- <laughs> hammered on the on the other side of that. But yeah, and Saturday's not too bad. Sunday's still light for a few more weeks with football still going on. So schedule's pre- pretty good day. Pretty good three days for DFS. Nice uh, nice even weekend for us. But it's we good, do. Sorry. That no, it's just a good reminder for owners to uh, start looking at that schedule because before yeah. you know it, fantasy playoffs are here. I mean, we're in week uh, heading into week thirteen. We got. Uh, playoffs usually start coming right in the low twenties, so it's before you know it. So start start firing up those schedule grids in the season pass. Yeah, it's still even even too. Just looking at uh, you want to look at the schedule grid for guys that are playing specific times, but even overall, like if you're not sure you're going to make the playoffs, even just seeing like which teams have played the just by default, you whoever has played the fewest games now is going to play more games later. So. Um, that should factor into it. I mean, because if you're talking about some teams that have three or four games difference, and you're only talking about 45 games remaining, whatever, that's kind of big. Like that's you know, almost you know, almost 10 percent, almost 10 percent boost just on pure games. Yeah, yeah, it could be some big swings. Yeah. Okay, so you want to talk about again? Nothing really happened too much yesterday, except for the Clippers and one particular rocket. We're going to talk about. But okay, so let's run this down. Run down this timeline first. Austin Rivers is out two weeks, so it was at first looked terrible last weekend. Then mm. we got good news, and now we got kind of bad news. And Doc Rivers made it very clear he's reevaluated in two weeks. And from what I could tell, it sounds like it's going to be longer than that. So he's out, and then tie that into Milos Teodosic, who aggravated his plantar fascia injury. And so, in his pregame conference, Doc was saying, okay, Milos, we're, we're going to keep playing him, but he's going to have a restriction pretty much for the foreseeable future before the injury. So, and then after the injury, he said it was not great, called him day-to-day, going to get reevaluated. So, I'm pretty sure Milos is droppable. Uh, I mean, I don't even really, I mean, if you're, unless, unless, unless you're holding him and it's not hurting you, because he was already hurting you. We even texted yesterday and you were like, yeah, I'm, now i got a reason to cut him, which is true. He hasn't been very good. So, um, anything you want to add on the Milos River? And Rivers, I guess, is a drop candidate if you're hurting. Yeah, I guess Rivers. I mean, Rivers has been good, but he's not so good. I think that you have to hold him. Um, and all all these guys we're talking about, and we could even kind of throw James Harden in there. They've mm-hmm. got injuries. You're talking a strained hamstring, uh, plantar fasciitis, which is a chronic sort of ailment that. Um, and then Austin Rivers with a bruised heel was initially called Achilles soreness. They're officially calling it a right ankle impingement. 
uh, and heal Achilles injuries, strained hamstrings, plantar fasciitis, all injuries that you just have to rest. There's no miracle pill they're going to take that's suddenly going to heal them. These guys just need to rest. So you're right. When you talk about Doc, Doc Rivers emphasizing that Austin will be reevaluated in two weeks, and the same is true for James Harden, you know, we're not looking at that as the return date. We're saying, okay, that's when we'll get a, a firm timeline. Um, so, yeah, for someone like Austin, Austin, if there's a hot free agent out there, you know, if you just want to kind of stream Gerald Green for a couple weeks, um, I'm not against it. Yeah, that's that's it. And also, there are other a couple other things. Um, so, before the game, again, Rivers was saying, okay, Lou Williams, are playing him too much. And you could kind of tell by half that his minutes were skewed a little bit to gear him closer to much closer to 30. And then Milos goes down after nine minutes, and that went up. And then after the game, Doc went on about a minute talking about we can't have Lou Williams bring the ball up. We can't have him be a wing scorer and a ball handler. He said his shot got flat because he was so tired. And, I mean, he was. You could tell. They, it, was, it was just it was the Lou Williams show in pretty much yeah. the second half of the third and then the fourth. Like It was just him going in the basket every time. And... He made a couple of huge threes, obviously a huge game, 10 assists too, just crazy amount of work. Like I, And then also I should add too, um, Lou Williams is healthy just to throw that out there. So this is, and he was, it's basically saying like, okay, we don't want what happened to Austin happen to Lou. But either way, like you're plugging in Lou Williams in your lineup and even maybe so high um, after a couple, because he's going to be pretty busy the next couple. And even off this, I think like he's, been better than what and i said this in a couple pods ago he's been better than what he's going to be so what are your thoughts on yeah anything you want to disagree with or yeah no i mean the clippers backcourt's running on fumes Mm so uh doc may want to rest him but i don't really see how they do that too much having him not bring the ball up would help for sure um but we always, you know, it's easy to forget Pat Beverly's out for the season. Uh, I, I kept saying that Lou was a sell-high guy because Blake was out, so his usage was up. Now Blake's back, and you see Milos is hurt again, and Austin Rivers is hurt. So with those two guys off the court, without without uh, Milos and Rivers, Lou Williams has a 33 uh, usage. Hmm. He's, his true shooting's still good. He's at almost 58%. Um, so yeah, he's he's just gonna have the ball in his hands a ton. There's no way around it. So yeah. I'm kind of with you. I think sell high. The problem is like like can you really get a top forty value for him? I, I don't I don't know that another owner will give that up. But if they will, then uh, I like that move. Yeah, I think if we're drafting today, just to be clear, like I think he's a, a six rounder at worst. Um, yeah, like if I get if I'm sitting there and I get if someone if I have the Williams, I don't. Uh, I I'd want like top fifty for sure. I yeah. think he's he's awesome, man. You mentioned the usage rate, which I always say, get to the line, you're gonna have a good usage pretty much consistently. So he looks really good. The other big beneficiary, and again, Doc had some good comments last night um, with Juwan Evans. He said it was a terrible matchup for him because he's really short. He's only six foot. Went up against one of the most physical guards in NBA history, maybe. And Russell Westbrook called that out. So. I think Jawan Evans is heading for pretty good minutes. So if you play DFS, uh, they play that he has another really bad matchup, but it's not that bad matchup like that. They play Golden State in an early game on Saturday. So um, yeah, I think Jawan Evans is a guy we're going to use in DFS. You're going to use his streaming, but he can't really shoot. He's not going to really handle the ball. Also, they said Blake Griffin's going to probably bring the ball up more, and we really saw a lot of high post action from him yesterday. So 
Um, Juwan Evans. And then also another guy who's going to benefit too a lot is Wes Johnson. This guy's been pretty good just because out of desperation, they have nobody else to fill minutes. He could play two and the three. So this is really his first game that he went off since I think December 16th when he got hurt or whatever it was. So yeah, I think Johnson's a good pickup. Even in like 14 teamers, again, if you're hurting, need somebody, he's solid. If you want a point guard, again, more or less just stream. Um, Juwan Evans is a guy to look look at. He's going to be bad field goal percentage though. Yeah, Johnson I like just because of those defensive stats. So he's a he's a roto type guy, uh, built for that. You could suddenly look at the box score and realize that you know he's been averaging 1.2 steals, 1.2 blocks over the course of a couple weeks. So decent pickup there for sure. Um, not too into C.J. Williams. We saw he had very hollow minutes yesterday. I think he hadn't scored at halftime. Uh, finished with one rebound, one assist, one steal, no three-pointers in 33 minutes. He's going to be better than that most nights if he gets that that type of playing time, um, which he might have to based on, on this backcourt situation. But not a guy I'm super eager to, to pick up. Yep, he had a big game on Tuesday um, with 18 points, but that's total fluke. Like He got hot for like a seven-minute span or whatever it was. Yeah, that's the exact the exact game you need to see duplicated, and he didn't duplicate it. So Yeah, and then also one other thing to, to talk about with this is Blake Griffin, which I meant he's going to – I think Blake's going to put out some big numbers um, while Rivers is out. Yeah, like, triple triple double watch. Yeah, pretty much every night, man. So Blake DFS time is, is go time if the matchup's right, especially on Saturday. Like, let me see. Actually, what's let me see what kind of guards they get because that's going to be a factor. Like they're going to have to play. Like, how much can they get away? They're going to have to pretty much lighten up Lou Williams's load when they can. So they actually they don't get too many big guards coming up. They get Golden State twice. Uh, they're going to begin Wednesday. They get Atlanta, Sacramento twice, Houston, Denver, Utah, Minnesota, maybe with Jeff Teague. So, yeah, John Evans has, if Milos is still out, we'll find out what the deal is. Hopefully he didn't tear anything, but, yeah. Yeah, should be should be busy. And then uh, week 16, they get, they're going to get some much-needed rest for their key guys. They only have two games in week 16, which starts January 29th. Uh, one of two teams, them and the Bulls, the Clippers and Bulls, only have two games that week. So, nice. you know, almost a, almost an all-star breaker. It's getting pretty close. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay, so the other big story from Thursday was Gerald Green. Um, Rock, apparently likes the Rocket system. Went off again. Um, I'll hand it to you first, man. Are we buying this thing for even what Harden's out for the next two plus? Well, that's. Uh, sort of a two sides of that coin i I buy him in as in as much as he's probably better than most free agents that are sitting out there in your waiver wire um you know sometimes you just capture lightning in a bottle this might be one of those moments he certainly has so far but can he keep it up i'm extremely skeptical um we're talking about a guy who in his nba career had never had true shooting better than 58.5 percent so far in five games with Houston, he's at 77.7. So a 20% jump. Yes, the system you know, plays to his strengths. Yes, he has the green light, but he's not going to be that hot. So, you know, enjoy it. Certainly stream him while he's out there canning however many threes he's hitting per game. But uh, I wouldn't expect it to last. Yeah, I mean, the Rockets, they want to shoot 53s, and they did yesterday. Um, so Joe Green gets what he wants. Um, again, he can play fast. Not really a big defender, but yeah, he's. 
I, I don't like twenty eight per game. Obviously, is not going to happen. But I think fifteen, two and a half threes, and maybe a steal is doable. And if he's shooting well, that's valuable to you, even in a shallow league. But he's gonna. We know he's gonna have bad games. So uh, again, they're they're running pretty airtight um, with almost a seven man rotation. Basically, Brianta Weber plays whatever CP three doesn't. PJ Tucker fills in at the four slash five, and because Nene was also out. So, yeah. yeah, and they're missing. They're still missing Bamute, who's yep. just kind of a glue guy for them, underappreciated rotation player. So you're right with it. With a couple key guys out, that's a, a tight crew. And Gerald Green played 34 minutes off the bench last night. Um, I could see him averaging 30, 32 minutes a game for the next couple of weeks. Yeah. All right. So moving on again. Not much happened on Wednesday. There was really two things. Um, which I forgot to mention when we were talking before we got on, so I may be springing this on you. That's DeLon Wright, um, my, my boy. Uh, he went off, man. Career game pretty much everywhere. Uh, 25, I think 13, 5 assists, 4 threes, 4 steals, if I remember. Um, and, yeah, he looks so good, man. He led the, he led the Raptors in fourth quarter minutes before that shoulder injury, and he has just burst onto the scene, man. Uh, he's been seven games. He's been, I think, third-round player. Over his last seven, uh, I picked him up pretty much wherever I could. Uh, I'm not buying this version, third round version, Delon Wright. But before the season, I knew somebody on the Raptors was going to step up. I thought it was going to be Norm, and mm-hmm. I think it's going to be Delon Wright now. I'm, so I'm pretty excited about him, and hopefully, he can stay healthy. But he he just looks the part of a multi position bench guy that steals, blocks a little bit, uh, just things that I love. Yeah, you well. You kind of hit the nail on the head. You say he, he looks the part. Um, he, this dude, he's just passing the eye test. He's we, We've talked for years about how the Raptors need that secondary guy to come in and spell Kyle Lowry and DeMar DeRozan, that they, they need someone else who can steady the, the team, find some buckets. Uh, and DeLon Wright's doing it, man. He, he just looks very controlled and confident out there. Um, yeah, I think he's a good pickup. And funny enough, I think Steve picked him up, Dr. A picked him up in one of our leagues like Tuesday afternoon. And I kind of thought, oh, yeah, that's a that's a pretty good pickup. Uh, kind of under the radar thing. And all of a sudden he blew up on Wednesday. And I thought, what did Steve know? Um, <laughs> well, Steve, yeah, DeLon Wright's a big uh, Sunday topic for the pod. But when he and I come on, uh, we talk yeah, about DeLon Wright. Every, if you, yeah, if you listen to the, the Sunday pod, you've probably heard about DeLon Wright for quite some time. And Jonah... He gets he gets some press, so we're gonna we're gonna be talking about him. We'll take a we'll take a Marquise Chris break. Talk about Delon Wright for a little bit more. Yeah. So who would you rather have um, rest of season? Let's say Gerald Green or Delon Wright. Easily Delon Wright. Yeah. Yeah. What about next next two weeks? Do you think it's gonna be a toss up? You think Gerald Green might be worth streaming if if that's all you're looking for? I I mean, it probably is gonna be Green, but I don't want to make that gamble. You know, yeah, I, I'd, same rather here. Just, I'd rather just see with DeLon right, and if I take the L over the two weeks, I'm fine with that. Yeah. So. Yeah, I like I like DeLon right. Like if if you missed out on a guy like Karis Levert, you know, you saw him have some good games, but didn't quite pull the trigger. Uh, let that be your cautionary tale, and yeah. don't let it don't let it happen twice. That's a great call. I'm I like that comparison a lot. Uh, okay, so actually, I have DeLon Wright in the league. I always talk about with Jonas and Matt Strope. Um, it's kind of stream happy, and uh, I had DeLon Wright in Wednesday before I set my lineup, but I made a pickup on Wednesday to take DeLon Wright out, 
and put in Boban um, to, to stream him uh, against Miami. And it hurt me a little bit because, again, DeLon went off. But, man, that was fun. Um, he was passing the ball so well. And just to give everyone the details, Andre Drummond, all of a sudden, it was weird. If you're watching the news, it was the Miami reporters were all saying, it sounds like Andre Drummond's not going to play. So they obviously got their heads up before the Pistons guys did. And then the Pistons official guys were like, oh, here we go. We're rib, right rib. He's going to be game time. And then eventually got ruled out. And then they announced Boban was going to start. So this is tough because it's just a, a rib thing. Uh, it's also going to be a pain tolerance thing from what Van Gundy said. So you're pretty much just picking up Boban if you know... Like, if there's, like, I'd rather have Dewan Wright just to make that very clear. But, like, if you're sitting there and you're streaming, for instance, pick up Boban, see if he can get a couple games in here, and then you're probably going to let him go. And then also on the, on the flip side of that, too, is can Boban play well enough with this opportunity to get Eric Moreland the hell out of the rotation? Uh, which is what I'm hoping for. So, this is pretty much like 16, 18, 20, and beyond. You should probably own him just to see where we're at. Yeah, it's. It's a question. It, largely, teams just put in, like we saw Kelly Olynyk light up the Pistons from the perimeter because Boban's not going out there to defend people. So it becomes a kind of tip for tat. Okay, you're going to put this... I, I think Kelly Olynyk referred to him as a... Uh, after the game, he said, that's one huge human being. <laughs> uh, something along those lines. So if you're going to put him out there, we're going to test you with our you know stretch fours at center and so forth. So... It, I think it's always going to be, even if Boban, you know, earns the trust of Van Gundy a little bit more and gets Moreland out of the rotation, as you said. Um, I do think it's always going to be a situational kind of thing where against certain opponents, he might play 20 minutes against others. He might be a DMP. Um, so I I struggle to put my faith in Boban. Yeah. Uh, again, it's more, I don't know if I would call it a stash, but pretty much once. So if you're in my situation, um Basically, again, you see where we're at, and then once Drummond's a go, I'll probably hold him. Maybe one. Obviously, if there's like, so say someone comes up um, and you want to pick him up, you're probably going to wind up dropping him. But you know, see what happens once he's back. See if we can. I mean, we've seen this so many times when guys don't get any chance. Somebody gets hurt, they come in and they take over second unit once the health once the starter's back. So I think that's on the table. And then another thing too, before the season. SVG was like, oh, we want to get the ball into Boban to make him help make plays. And that, that was, like his three assists were all like nice ones. So that was really cool. <sighs> Anything else you want to add from past two games? I think that's kind of good. Uh, yeah, we could leave it there. All right, so you put out another cool one, which, which we've always talked about. Um, consistency and uh, everything else. So what did you find out, man? I'm just handing it to you there. Yeah, so the column, as you mentioned, was about consistency. Uh, the trick was trying to find a way to measure it. So you you basically can't do that unless you go through a player's game log. So that's that's what I did. How long did uh, it take you, by the way, just to get the? Uh, it it was more just tedious. So I decided to go with the top fifty players in the uh, NBA's official point scoring, and so I just had to go to ESPN cut paste all their box scores, and then I set up an Excel sheet to kind of automatically put out the metrics I was looking for, nice. um, which is how much their their daily values vary on a game-to-game basis uh, on average. So, for instance, uh, Steph Curry scoring 45.2 you know, official fantasy points per game. 
uh, throughout the season. His standard deviation, the amount that he tends to vary from that, is uh, 7.4 points per game. So that's 16.4% of his average value. That's kind of where he values or uh, varies rather. So you can you can establish a floor and you can kind of get his ceiling based on those numbers. Uh, this which is, is good exactly... for people who aren't too stat heavy, like we are. Um, just to give everyone standard, they, the more standard deviations you are away from, basically, if you look at a bell curve, which is pretty much the standard for figuring out where data falls, mm-hmm. um, standard deviations is how far away. So it kind of gives you a sense of like how inconsistent his stats are from each other. Yeah, right. So the higher the number, the more, the more an outlier. Um, so anyway, you you can look at the call. I explain all these concepts more in the column. It's called elite fantasy consistency. But what I found was that um, Giannis Antetokounmpo pretty easily among the top 50 players has been the most consistent guy. He's just, I refer, I would refer to him as a fantasy metronome uh, <laughs> in, in, in the column. And uh, Steph Curry also extremely consistent. So you, you know what you're going to get with these guys. Um, Blake Griffin's also up there. Russell Westbrook, Kyrie Irving, Damian Lillard. And it's no surprise that all these guys have huge usage rates. Mm. Um, and then at the other end, other end of the spectrum, we find funny enough, and this is still um, this is just among the top fifty players, not the whole league. But towards the end, we find uh, Lou Williams has a, a little bit more volatility. He's closer to forty percent of his value can swing one way or the other in a given game, and I do expect that to come down now mm. that, as we talked about, he's just going to have the ball all the time. So um, probably that'll solidify his role. Uh, and and th- this factors in the whole season, right? Yeah, this has been whole season. Yep. So, for instance, yesterday I was looking at, uh, who was it? Trey Lyles. So, he came in right now. He's at, like, 70% (laughs) volatility. Like, very high. Just because he'd been early in the season, he was doing nothing. Uh, But since Paul Millsap went down, that drops all the way down to something around 40%. Uh, So, just much, much more consistent over that period. And it's it's always going to be tougher for role players because... You know, one night they hit or they they have the hot hand. Coach gives them more minutes, so it's no surprise that you'll see role players being less consistent. Um, and I, I do want to run this analysis again and focus on those guys instead of, you know, I figured out who the most consistent elite players are, and I almost think it might be more helpful to look at who are the consistent low end guys who can, you know, who are the waiver wire pickups that I can trust. So I might try to do that in the next month or so if I can. Um, find the time yeah it's pretty awesome even if you play just dfs and don't do season long like that's super helpful so if you play more cash you can be like okay this guy has just no cons- few you know less consistency than the next guy so it's yeah. pretty cool yeah. um and then yeah you mentioned and also too it looks like like a couple shooting guards are a little more volatile i guess is that that did it kind of from what i'm looking at it sounds is that right yeah and guys who um, like Chris Dunn, Alonzo uh, Ball's pretty volatile. So I think players like that, like Lonzo Ball's had some terrible shooting nights and nights where he only scores a handful of points. And in a points league, that's that's going to kill you because even if you get you know, a handful of steals and blocks, it's, it's just only going to do so much for your total points league total. Um, so same with like Bradley Beal, Devin Booker for sure. Mm. These guys kind of boom or bust um, on a nightly basis. Yeah, I was kind of um, where yeah, DeRozan felt kind of in the bottom. I thought DeRozan would be closer to the bottom, but yeah, so he's he's down because I'm thinking guys who's kind of just pure score. Yeah, a lot but he's down. been 
pretty consistent with that scoring, yeah. I guess, which is the only reason. Yeah, he's he's hovering around 30% uh, volatility. So, yeah. But yeah, it's interesting. And you mentioned DFS. I do think that's one of the key um, sort of ways that you can apply this. Because as you said, if, you, if you're just plugging in someone into your lineup, you can pretty much tell who's matchup proof um, and, and who might be a little more volatile. Yeah. All right. Uh, I think we're good. Anything else you want to tack on here? Uh, no. I'm, I'm looking forward to this weekend's games. And... Dude, we haven't got your Marquise Chris take. You want, we, you want, he's, he's the man of the hour. Um, they haven't got because yeah. What, what do you think? You want are we buying this or what? Uh, yeah. I mean, I I said a while ago in a, a couple blurbs, I I kept trying to walk back because we've been down <laughs> on him, down on him, and I, I I was trying to throw in those little uh, you know, he's been infuriating, but we're we're starting to see his upside. Yeah. And sure enough, if you look back at his history of blurbs, it just gets more and more positive, um, with good reason. Yeah. So hopefully you you picked him up. Uh, when he started to turn the corner, because that's all we really needed. I mean, the moment he put together two decent games, and especially if you watched the Suns play, it's a lot easier to tell. Like, oh, Marquise Chris looks good right now. Uh, that you know, it's not necessarily a fluke. He's playing hard. He's he's earning key minutes, things like that. That are, you know, that that's really what's going to matter ultimately. But yeah, I'm I'm buying. I, I picked him up anywhere I could. Uh, I told you you sniped me in one of our. Yeah. One of our more competitive leagues, but that's that's understandable. Yep. Uh, you, you pointed out one of my Marquise Chris blurbs on a Saturday. He was awful. We kept writing Marquise Chris is bad. Stay patient. Stay patient. Stay patient. I just wrote insert Marquise Chris bad game analysis here for, yeah. for how we did that one. <laughs> okay. So again, as we said every time, don't expect Marquise Chris. Like if you're not a patient person, he's gonna burn you. But more often, probably than not, going forward. But the big games will be there to offset that. Okay, so we're out of here on that. You guys have a great weekend, and we'll be back hopefully tomorrow. We'll let you know what's going on. Um, All right, man. You guys enjoy your weekend. Thanks for coming on, Ryan. You got it, Mike.